This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. Hey man, so we're not going to spend a lot of time here. Although I'm going to read it from a different passage in a minute, from a different translation. But Psalms 1, 1 through 6, we've read it a couple of weeks, and I just thought it's important for us to start right back there again. I'm going to read a word, and I want you to holler. holler. Now, we're in the South. We holler. Everybody say, we holler. You know, my mama used to holler at me. How many of you ever had your mama holler at you? Man, oh man. I mean, I could tell when my mama was really, when I got in trouble. When she was just talking to me, it was William. But when she got, William Thomas! And I was like, oh, God. All right, so we're gonna, I want you to holler. I'm going to call out a word. I want you to holler your name afterward. Blessed. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. Fortunate. Yeah. Prosperous. Yeah. Enviable. Yeah. Blessed. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. Fortunate. Yeah. Prosperous. Yeah. And enviable. Yeah. Man, that's you. That's you. Now, in the Amplified, that's from the Amplified Classic Bible here in Psalms 1. And then he says, this is the person who's all of these things. It's, it's the man or woman who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. I want to remind you this. Lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and their purposes. I want to stop for a minute. I want to use a word that I used when we were up here. I'm going to use the word recruit. You know the devil's a recruiter. He's always recruiting. And uh, you got to be careful that you don't get recruited. Amen. Uh, He's always out to recruit you into his mindset, his idea, his philosophy. You know, you got to, you know, someone yesterday, night before last, I won't mention whom, because they may be watching. One of my family members contacted me about the end times. And they asked me about, what do you think about the end times? What do you think about the scriptures, and what do you think about the rapture of the church, when it's going to take place? Uh, Well, of course, if you ask me, then you know I'm giving an answer, and I gave them a pretty, you know, plain answer. Well, I heard this, and I heard that, and I said, well, that's your problem. I said, because you don't know what you believe. I said, you got to get settled in what you believe. You got to get settled in what you believe. You better be settled in what you believe. People are always giving their advice, always giving their counsel, always giving their spill on it. Right now, social media, I, don't, I, I avoid, when people start all that, I'm not listen. I already know what I believe here. I'm good. I'm good. I know your argument. I know where you're coming from. I know that scripture over there. I know how you're trying to place it here. But I already know what I believe. The Bible says we need to know in whom we have believed and be persuaded. But the devil's a recruiter, and he'll do it even through Christians. I mean, he'll try to get you offline, get you where you don't know what you believe, or get you to follow some really bad advice. Be careful who you listen to. I say it every week. Be careful what you hear. 
Be, be, be protective. Be protected. The NBA is starting back up now. Uh, they've got scrimmage games going on, and they're all down in Florida right now. They're calling it in the bubble, so to speak, so that, you know, they can't get infected and they can't infect anybody. Well, you, you, need, you need to get in the bubble about some things so you don't get infected by the world. Now, you better know what you believe. People are recruiters. The devil's a recruiter. And you better get sold out. And when I'm, when, See, when you're sold out, you're sold out. It's like you're too late. You showed up too late. I've already cast my lot. I, I, I'm not taking it back. I, you know, it's like Cortez when they went and you study the wars and all. When they were coming up on the shores there, he told every one of his men, he said, now, before we go ashore, as we're going ashore, set all the ships on fire. And they said, that's the dumbest thing you could ever do. You read this in history. Cortez said, set all those ships on fire. Why are we doing that? He said, because once we go on shore, we're not coming back. Now, some of us need to set some stuff on fire, get settled. I'm not going back. You're not pulling me back. I don't care how, I don't care if it's popular. I don't care if it's Vogue. I don't care what it is. I'm not going there. I know in whom I believe. I am persuaded. Be careful. I don't know why, but I haven't said this in the, I didn't say it in the first service. I don't know if I've ever said this before. Be careful, you're being recruited. Be careful out there, the devil's a recruiter. And you've got you to gotta know what, because he said, blessed, happy, fortunate, prospered, enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, their plans. Notice their plans. That's not your plan, their plan. Their purposes. See, they all got this purpose, but you've got to make sure it's your purpose. Nor stands submissive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest uh, where the scornful and the mockers gather. You think I'm going to give my ear to people who are mocking my God? I saw somebody online the other day and they said something about, yeah, them holy rollers, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to be as, I'm going to try to clean this up and make it PG-13. And I thought, well, knowing about some of the lifestyles, some of these people, they're rolling all right, but it's not for God. They're rolling in something else. Are you a holy roller, Pastor William? Absolutely, man. I got my, I got my rolling credentials back when I was about 18 years old, man. I was in a church one Sunday night. The Pentecostal church, that thing was on fire for God. People were shouting and dancing. I said, I'm never going to roll for God. I'm never going to do it. All of a sudden, the power of God went zoop, and I went doom. Next thing I know, man, I was like a little log rolling down the aisle. I haven't done it since, but I am an official holy roller. Amen. Now, but his delight is, and his desire are in the law of the Lord and in his law, precepts and instructions and teachings of God. He habitually meditates, ponders and studies day by night. And then he says, you're like a tree. Now, let me read this from the Message Bible. We haven't gotten this from the Message. Listen to this. Same scriptures. The message is more of a modern. It's not completely trustworthy with the, the, the translation of words, but I'm only using it so I can give you a more vivid picture and a more, uh, a more general idea. And you, this will help you. This is what Psalms 1, 1 through 6 from the Message Bible. How well God must like you. Point to yourself and go, oh yeah. Okay. Say, oh yeah. Okay. How well God must like you. Now he's going to tell you why. Listen to this. You don't hang out at Sin Saloon. Well, that just eliminated some of y'all. 
I said, that just eliminated a few folk right there. We, we just, we just, Miss Georgia, we just cut out a few folk and we said that. Miss Georgia knows what I'm talking about. Let me read it again. How well God must like you, you don't hang out at Sin Saloon. You don't slink along dead end road. You don't go to Smart Mouth College. Wow. I, that's why I'm reading from the message on this one. Instead, okay, so instead of doing that, listen to this. You thrill to God's word. Now, I like that because I thrill to this word. You thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. Mm. You're a tree replanted in Eden. In other words, you're like, it's like you've gone all the way back to before the fall, man. You're, you're walking with God, man, in the cool of the day. Can you shout amen? You're a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month. Fresh fruit every month. There's some Christians that haven't had any fruit on their tree in so long. My God in heaven. People pass by and they think it's a weed growing there. Come on now. You know what the Bible says about every branch that does not bear fruit? It says it's going to be cut off. Amen. Are you bearing fruit for God? Not for somebody else's plans or purposes. For God. When's the last time you did something where you bear fruit for God? We all have to, I have to ask myself that. Amen. Now listen to this. Never dropping a leaf always in blossom. Never dropping a leaf. Man, that is, that's pretty intense. You're not at all like the wicked who are more or, or mere windblown dust without defense in court. Wow. Unfit company for innocent people. Wow. Unfit company for innocent people. Some people out there, honest to God, are unfit for you to be with them. Amen. Now, you should pray for them. You should always pray for them. If you get an opportunity, you can love them with some kind of a... But, but you should not be keeping company. When somebody says to you, now, honey, sweetheart, we know you're a Christian, but you need to understand a few other things here. You need to stop them right there and go, excuse me, I don't need to understand anything else. I am a Christian. Now, if you're going to try to negate my Christianity with your philosophy, with your plan, with your purpose, you just lost me. Amen. I, I feel that this is, this is totally different from the first service. It usually is. Usually is. Listen to what it says in verse 6. God charts the road you take. The road they take is Skid Row. How about that? I used to be out there on Skid Row. I understand that kind of thing, man. But God charts your road. Now, we're talking about Recover 20. The second half of this year, God wants to chart a road where you are so blessed by these next five plus months that the first six months are going to be nothing but a distant memory. Well, now, Pastor William, they're just not talking like that on the news. Oh, yes, they are. I just read you the news. I'm reading you the news today. I'm reading you the trustworthy news. All they're reporting is what they're seeing. God is talking to you about things that are happening that you don't even know anything about. 
You know, I said this morning about the storms. You know, we're all going to go through storms. It's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's just the way life is made up. But I said it this morning, and I ought to say it now. Whenever you're going through the storm, don't get fooled by what you see. Whenever you go through the storm, don't get fooled by what you see because the Bible says we are to walk by faith and not by sight. What you see may be real, but what you can't see may be God doing things that you have no clue that he's doing behind the scenes. Are are you in here? That's actually bigger than you think it is what I just said. When you're going through the storm, don't be fooled by what you see because that storm will tell you you're going down. You're never going to recover. This thing is never going to get better. Things are never, everybody say now, the new norm. Well, I refuse to hear that. It is not the new norm. It is not, I declare in Jesus' name by the authority in the name of Jesus that it is not the new norm. I refuse that. I reject that idea. And how do I reject it? Well, I reject it with the word. I'm not just rejecting it with my, with my hopes and my wishes. I'm rejecting it with God's word. Can you shout amen? amen. Now, I want to also make sure I bring this point into this service as well. That a lot of you, when you come to church, the thing that we need when we come to church, we need encouragement. Every human being on planet Earth needs encouragement. It is amazing what one word of encouragement and praise can do for a human being. It is amazing how it can be a game changer. It can be a game breaker. I mean, it can be, it can be everything to get that word. The Bible says to have the a right kind of word uh, in season is like, you know, apples of gold in picture and frames of silver or something like that. In other words, it's so perfect. It fits so perfectly at the moment. And when you come to church, you know, our job, my job is to encourage you. Yeah, you can make it. You are going to make it in Jesus' name. You, if you will do what God says, if you will meditate in this book and you will follow his plan, it works for everybody. Right now, we're trying to get justice for some folk, but the word of God is already declared. It will work for anybody, anybody. When I first started standing on the word, it didn't look back at me and go, oh no, you're a high school dropout. I don't work for high school dropouts. When I first started standing on the word, it didn't say, oh no, you got married when you were 16. You are an idiot and a fool and you're a high school dropout. Besides, I can't work for you. Oh, by the way, your mama wasn't married and she was real scandalous. And she, you know, she had all these other kids by all these other people. And you, you know, no, I don't work for you. The, the Bible never, no. When I started standing on this word, this word started working. And all that other mess out there that that was supposed to stop me, was supposed to prevent me, was supposed to hold me back, did not hold me back at all. So I said this morning, everybody online, GP, are you with me out there online? I want you to let us know. All right. I said this morning that when you come to churches, you get encouragement. Now, undoubtedly, somebody in here might say to you, if you're going through something, let's say you're going through a divorce. Let's say you're going through a divorce and let's say uh, four or five people approach you and say, honey, I'm going to tell you right now, I know that you, I know what you're feeling right now and I know how hard and bad, but I'm going to tell you something, honey, right now, you're going to be all right. Now, when they tell you that in your flesh, you may not want to, sometimes people won't embrace that stuff and hold on to it. But if you'll listen, they're going to tell you, they would say, well, you're going to be all right. Now, how can 
Three or four people do that. Well, let me tell you why most of the time, because they've already been there. And they've already done that. And they've already come through that. And they've already made it through that. And they've already come out the other side of that. Amen. And I'm here to tell you right, everybody in here, like I said this morning, everybody in here has been in a fiery furnace of some kind. Everybody in here has had to back down a giant or two in their life. Everybody in here has got thrown into the lion's den for a night somewhere long in your life. But by the help of God, you are here today. You are alive today. You are a living testimony of the power of God that you're going to make it. You can say that to someone. Honey, I'm telling you, you're going to make it. Now, if you'll go on with God, I'm telling you, you are going to make it. Can you shout amen? We can say that with great confidence. Uh, so now, uh, let's talk a little bit then about God's exchange policy. I want to make sure I get into this a little bit with you. I want to go to 2 Samuel chapter 16. I'm going to kind of go backwards in this service a little because, man, I feel it in this service. I feel like people are going to grab it this time. Amen. You know, it would be like, if, like I said, it would be up here if, if I put... $1,000 bills up here. And I said, the first 10 people up here, get them. It would be a stampede. Amen. But, you know, there'd be some people that wouldn't get them because they wouldn't even try to get up here. I don't know why. I mean, I'd, but, but, but for whatever reason, I'm telling you, the word of God is being presented to you today and you can choose to be one of the ones. I'm grabbing this today. Now, before I leave the house of God, you have to decide before I'm going into that house of God today for a number of reasons. Father, number one, I'm coming in here to praise you and worship you. You're worthy. And I'm going to give you all the honor and glory. And I'm going to humble myself. And I'm not going to act like some big old proud man or woman. I'm going to humble. I'm going to admit to you that I need help. I'm going to admit to you that I'm jacked up. I'm going to admit to you that I messed up some stuff in my life. And I'm going to worship and praise you. And Father, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. But I know, you, I know when I do that, you're going to have something for me. So because I know you prepare even a table for me in the midst of my enemies, you sure going to have something in your house. So I'm going to come in there and I'm going to get what's mine. I'm going to take what's mine. And when I go out that door, it's not going to be like when I came in. When I go out, I'm going out as more than a conqueror. And you make that choice when you walk in that building. That's me. Now, I don't know if anybody else is going to run up there and get theirs. I don't know if anybody else is going to grab theirs or not. But, but, but I'm going to use some bad English, but it's really true. I'm getting mines. Say, so I'm getting mines. And I've, always, and I've told you that before. I've always had that attitude that I don't know. And I've been in places with 10, 15, 20,000 believers. And I've been in there with masses of people. But I went in there with the attitude, look, I don't know about these other folks, but I'm getting mines. <laughs> I hope, they, I hope it all works out for you guys, but I'm telling you one person walking out of here with it, it's me. Same thing online out there. A lot of folks online, you got to decide online whether you want to be the ones to get it or not. Amen? So David says here in 2 Samuel 16, 11 and 12, I'm going to read from the Message Bible. He said, besides, continued David to Abishai and the rest of his servants, my own son, my flesh and bone, is right now trying to kill me. David was being pursued by Absalom, his son. Now that's about as bad as it gets when your own son is trying to kill you. That's pretty bad. Amen? He said, compared to that, this Benjamite, Benjaminite is small potatoes. Don't, there was somebody else. Don't bother with him. Let him. But listen to this. Because this, he had other people pursuing him. Listen to what he says. Don't bother with him. Let him curse. He's preaching God's word to me. 
You know, sometimes when people are cursing you, they have no idea that, that, that while they're cursing you, God's saying, whatever they say to you, I'm doing opposite. If they tell you you're dead, I'm telling you you're alive. If they tell you you lose, I'm telling you you win. If they tell you you're going broke, I'm about to bless you. <laughs> Every time they say something, you go, oh, oh, yeah, oh, come on, bring it on, honey. Because God, God's turning everything you're saying. It was what it said. Listen to what he goes on to say. And who knows, maybe God will see the trouble I'm in today and exchange the curses for something good. God's going to exchange some of the curses on your life for something good. Some of us made terrible decisions. No, let me restate that. All of us have made some terrible decisions. And, and you have to decide at some point. First of all, you got to own it. Somewhere along life's way, you got to quit pointing at everybody around you and got to say, I did this. I caused this. David finally, you know, he got into trouble. He got in trouble with Sheba and he said, my sin. He didn't say that woman was out there on top of that. I was just, I was a king and I was just out on my roof and she's over there taking a bath, twisting around, took all her clothes off, wiggled her butt. He didn't say any of that. He said, my sin. He owned it. He said, my sin has created a stench. My sin, it's consuming. I got to get this right. He, he had to own it. But man, when he did, God reversed everything. Curses were coming. God put him, and he, be, he went on to be king anyway. Are you hearing me? So we got, we, got to, we got to get to the point where we understand that all of that stuff we did out there, but God has a plan. Once we own it, once we say, I created some of this, but God, I am coming to you today. And I know, listen, I know some of you, you know what the devil will tell you if you've done this more than once? Who are you trying to con? Now, how many times have you had this conversation with God that you're going to quit this and stop that and not do that anymore? And here you are again. Come on, man. But you know what? God loves the time right now. God's willing. God will give you the benefit of the doubt. He, here you are again, man. Right up, right. And, and what God is looking at, because God, wa God wants you to overcome. God wants to give you double for your trouble. Can you say amen? amen? Matthew 16, 26 says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? Now, then it gives us the definition of what he was really saying here. Listen to what he was really saying in the Greek. His life, here's the definition. His blessed life in the kingdom of God. Man, you start walking in the kingdom of God, it's a blessed life. You mean you don't have any trouble anymore, Pastor Rim? Oh, yeah. But just, just to remind you, I had it before I became a Christian. The, the difference is, I always say this. There's two ways you can handle trouble in this life, with God or without Him. Now, we're all going to have trouble. But your choices are, I think I'll take it on without God, or I think I'll take it on with God. I've learned that it's a lot smarter to take it on with God. Amen. Or what would a man give as an exchange? Because we're talking about God's exchange plan for his blessed life in the kingdom of God. I am shocked how little value people put on their Christianity, really, or their experience as a human being, how little they traded out for other things. Can you say man? Now, I've been doing this for 44 years. Now, let me tell you what I got out of 44 years as a Christian. Number one, I'm married to one hot woman. Bless God. I mean, love of my life sitting on the front row down here, y'all. Amen? After I, I, I can't use the word here. People would think it's a crude slang word. After I messed it up, 
I could use another word there, but I, I wasn't going to use a profane one. I was going to use a, a semi, you know. Anyway, let's not go there. It starts with an S. It wasn't the other word, but anyway. Uh, after I messed up, just so you know, I don't, I don't say that other word. But, but I, God helped me straighten out. I, I mean, in just a matter of a few years, I had really messed up a lot of things. And when I really started applying myself to God, I realized every time I'd give God more of myself, he would turn around and give me something incredible. And then I'd give God, you know, a little bit more of myself. God would give me something else incredible. And see, the message I'm trying to get to you, of course, with this Recover 20 is God, when God gives you something to replace something, as I've said to you countless times now, it's always much better, much better. I'm talking much better. We're talking from a Yugo to a Maserati. Some of you don't even know what a Yugo is. Where's he going? What do you mean, Yugo? You going where, you know? Google it sometimes, not while I'm preaching. We borrowed, we borrowed Ginger's brother Paul, most of you know him, when he was a teenager, uh, he bought a Yugo. Actually, we bought the Yugo. We, we were told we were co-signing before we knew it, we signed. And uh, he bought a Yugo, and, uh, and we got, he was a teenager. No, we got this thing. We, so we, we were going to Chattanooga for our anniversary. Well, our car wasn't, wasn't even as good as a Yugo, so he let us borrow his car to take it to Chattanooga on our little three-day anniversary deal back there many years ago. So we're going over Mont Eagle. How many of you ever traveled over Mont Eagle? Well, this thing now, remember Hugo, it, it had 75 on the speedometer. That was it. And it was a little four-speed in the floor. But let me tell you something, man. We grinded all four gears. I thought I was going to have to push it up the hill. Man, I was like, dear God. It's like, man. We got that thing, man. We got it over there, man. And, and of course, it had the, the it had the two fifty five air conditioning system. Roll down the two, roll down the two windows. Do fifty five. We had that air conditioning system in there. I mean, it was a. I'm trying to say that's not what God wants for you. <laughs> What's your point, Pastor? <laughs> that may be an entry point, but that's not where God wants you. I remember that. We had, we had so many bad cars back in the day, guys. I mean, I've told you about them. We had, we had some bad cars back. I mean, several years after we got married, we had some bad cars. I had a 1975 Charger Special Edition with keystones on it. It had black leather interior. This thing was fine looking. Everybody saw it. said, that thing, fine, man. I got it just about the time we got married. Pastor Ginger knew this guy had, had a car lot, and he agreed to let us pay him because we didn't have any credit. And we went out there, and we paying him. I got that thing, man. By the time I got it home, it was going. That thing was the pukinest, weakest running car you ever saw. But it looked good. It looked really good. Everybody looked at me, man, you got a fine car. I was like, yeah, I do. I'm like, I, I'm not going to start it or try until you're gone because I don't want to embarrass myself around here. Oh, but God is faithful, isn't he? You know, and sometimes it takes a while to get to where things are going to work out for you. And the devil's counting on you getting weary while you're waiting 
He's counting on you getting impatient because, listen, you took a lot of years to mess up stuff. Even though God could straighten it out in a day, it usually won't because there's a lot of other parts to it that it would make a bigger mess if he straightened it all out in a day. So it takes a little while. I read about this story where they uh, found a jar of seeds. This is a true story at Masada. I've been to Masada over in Israel. And uh, they found a jar of seeds there in this hidden thing where some of the remains were. And they took this jar of seed, and out of, this jar of seed was estimated, and they're pretty sure it was around 2,000 years old. It had some seed in it. They took those seed out of, the scientists did it to see, and they planted them, and it started growing. Now, what I'm trying to tell you right here is this book right here is alive. And I'm trying to tell you right here, if you get in this, it doesn't matter when it was written. It doesn't matter to whom it was written. This thing is alive. This thing is alive, man. This thing right here, it'll produce. Just because you've been through a dry period and a dry spell and things haven't worked out, the word of God is sure. Everyone say sure. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 from the NIV. I want to read this to you. 53, 4 and 5. Surely, first verse, first word. Surely, this is in the NIV, he took up our pain. Now, the word surely means we should never have to think about that. We should never question that. It says this is a certainty. We could even use that word. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God. We thought some of the people, when Jesus was getting whipped at that whipping post before he went to the cross, they thought that all of that was on him. Those lashes, he was really taking our sickness. He was really taking our pain. Every time they hit him, he was taking something away from us that would destroy us. They didn't even know what they were doing. The Bible says if the devil would have known what was really going on, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. The devil didn't understand the plan. He came and tried to get Jesus to throw himself off a mountain, tried to turn, you know, stones into bread. He he was so confused about what God was going to do, even though the word had said it. He took our pain, bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. So Jesus took our sicknesses, took our diseases, took all these things, and the great exchange was made there at the cross. We read that from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Can you shout amen? Now, I want to go back to a minute again and and mention, though, again, that a lot of times there's going to be some, some some turbulence before you get to the blessing. I said it this way in the first service. A lot of times there's going to be commotion before there's promotion. I look back in my life, and every time I've gone through a lot of commotion, especially since I've become a Christian, every time I've gone through some commotion... Right afterwards, there's promotion. Amen. So if you're commoting this morning, I know that's not a word, I just made it up. But if you're commoting this morning, you're going to be promoting. Amen. I got somebody's attention right there. Amen. Even Vince said amen to that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm looking over there. I see you, brother. I got you. You know, when there's a storm sometimes, sometimes you got to get through it to get to what you got to do. 
You, meet in, you read in Mark chapter 4 that bad, that mega storm that was called in the Greek. Uh, mega storm in the Greek. That mega storm, this was not a, they had a lot of storms out there, out there on the Sea of Galilee, you know. Uh, there was a lot of storms that came up. It wasn't unusual to have a storm, but this was a mega storm, and it was so bad and so violent that the water had now come onto the ship so much that it was getting ready to sink, and they were all alarmed by it. But we all know the story, and Jesus came up and calmed everything, and they got to the other side. And you can only read that in Mark, but if you go over and read in Matthew the, the, the sequence of that, and you harmonize the four Gospels, and you see the sequence, what you realize is, after that, it wasn't long after that, when the disciples were empowered, and they started having the power to cast out devils and heal the sick. But that didn't happen until after they got through the storm. Amen? Let me tell you something, we're going to get through the storm. Now, I'm declaring some things over this nation right now. It is as messed up as I've seen it. <laughs> I've been around 61 years, and I've seen some mess, y'all. Amen. I've seen some mess in this country. I've seen it, you know, a lot of different things. It's pretty messed up, but we got a big God. Good news. Big God on the throne. Hallelujah. Went to bed last night. Jesus was Lord. Got up this morning. Jesus was Lord. Ten trillion years from now, Jesus will be Lord. Can you shout amen? Isaiah 61, somebody posted this. I saw them. I thought, man, they're trying to get in my scriptures here. I didn't get to them in the first service. But Isaiah 61, we'll read very quickly here. The Spirit of the Lord God, in verse 1, is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Notice all, notice all this stuff that God's going to do to people that are hurting. Bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I am proclaiming still that 2020 is blessed of the Lord. I am proclaiming, this is the, I am proclaiming, well, how can you, I, well, watch me say it. I am proclaiming that 2020 is a year of restoration and deliverance and that we are anointed for 2020. That's what I'm proclaiming. I'm not backing off of it. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord in the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Notice all that mourn, all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty. Notice now, notice the exchange going on here. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Boy, that kind of sounds like the days we're living in. There's some stuff going on out there that needs to get fixed. Some stuff being broken, but sometimes, you know, it's going to get fixed. We do the right things. We can help folks. Amen. Do the right thing. Help people. Amen. And the strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And it talks about God said, I'm going to use every resource. The way I read this, God said, I will use every resource to make sure you get blessed. Even if I have to bring somebody you don't even know and send them to you. I'm going to send them to you. They might be a stranger and they might say, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know why I'm doing this, but I feel like I need to do this for you. You say, absolutely. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Because I'm anointed for this year. Amen. And uh, the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. 
But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. You will eat the riches of the Gentiles and in their glory shall you boast yourself. For your shame. How many of you have ever had shame in your life? Either something that you did or something that somebody did to you. I've been on both sides of that mess. And I, but notice here, for your shame, you shall have what? Shout it. Double. And for confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Huh. Therefore, in their land. Notice he's even talking about it. He said, you're not, they're going to be confused about what's going on. But even while you're in their land, you are going to receive the double. Just because, I mean, the devil's not in charge. God's still in charge. God still gets the final word. Man, I tell you, I love this. Amen. God's going to take the things that cause you to fail and replace them with things that cause you to win. Amen. God's going to do some powerful things for you to help you win. I don't know about you, but I got tired of losing after a while. Man, it feels good to be a winner. Amen. Feels good to be on the winning side. Hallelujah. I was a little, I was, I was ultra competitive as a kid, man. I'm, don't, don't, don't let my appearance fool you. Because if I play sports with you, man, you might be a hundred times better, but we're going to keep playing until you get so tired I finally beat you. Because I'm going to say, no, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Uh, again. Run it back up again. Let's go again. I was out playing one time basketball. I used to play basketball a lot. I know it's hard to believe, but I did. And uh, we didn't have anywhere to play. And we had a couple of courts here in the city. And, and the way it was on the courts, man, you had to bring your own net. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have nets up at the, at the park. So we'd, we'd pull the car up on the court. We'd get up on the, on the hood of the car. I don't mean the hood, but we'd get on the hood of the car. And, and we would put the net up. And the minute you did that and you dribbled a ball, there wasn't anybody within a thousand miles. And the minute that ball dribbled, people came out from everywhere. I mean, it's like, dear God, we're it's like, Lord Jesus, they parachute in or what? Next thing you know, man, the game's on. And I'm out there playing, and I'm undersized by most of those guys, you know. And, but, you know, man, I mean, you know, there's, uh, there's other ways you win. you got to make up for all your deficiencies, you know. And I'm out there one day, and this guy, you know, he said, you want to play, man? I said, yeah, we'll we just play some one-on-one. He beat me. I know, I know this is true. We played at least 12 games in a row. I mean, it was a pretty warm day. I was pretty, it was, I was exhausted. And he beat me 12 games in a row. I got close a couple times. He beat me 12 games. But I noticed that last game. Man, his tongue was down on the court, man. He was, and I was like, I said, let's, again. He goes, dude, man, I mean, I'm killing you out here. I said, I know, let's play again. But I knew then. I was like, uh-huh, man, he is, he's out. He's out. I, I, I went way down deep inside. I said, come on, boy, you got this. Ah. I pulled that thing out there. Man, I tell you what, I don't know what happened in that game, but the first shot I hit, I got it. So you got to run it back, you know, if you hit that. I ran, I, I, he didn't even score. Bless God, how do you think he'd say, man? Now, I might have been one and 12 that day, but that one made up for all those 12. You know what I'm saying? That one, I didn't go home and think about the 12. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't want to bring that over here, amen? Praise God, how do you think Jesus, amen? Amen. Now, I want to close by saying a couple things that I've said to you before that are really critical. We'll go to Zechariah chapter 9, and we'll read this scripture. Because I do want to, 
I, I, the thing about the Word of God that's critical and the reason that I, I'm constantly talking to you about the importance of God's Word, you have to incorporate it in your life. You've got to somehow make sure that you get... The, Jesus said it this way, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4, 4. And we go by the Lord's Prayer. You can find that over in Luke 11. But, but the Lord's Prayer says, give us this day our what? Amen. Now, I'm looking at most of you. I'm not trying to judge, not trying to judge, but I don't think many of you have been on a 40-day fast lately. I got a feeling that most of us had something to munch on yesterday or about 10 minutes before you got out of your car or whatever it is, and you already thinking, I wish he'd hurry up, man. We got to get to the restaurant. And that's fine because our bodies run off fuel. I get it. But the thing that I want you to get as your pastor, as a man of God, I want to say to you, it is critical that you see the need for having God's word daily, not just Sunday and Thursday. I always tell you this. I'm not a good enough preacher to get you to where you really should be by you just hearing me on Sunday and Thursday. You're going to have to have some supplemental that's why we got all that free stuff we're giving you. Think about that. You can listen to this sermon 50 times this week if you want to. You can download it for free. But, but whatever it is, you've got to get the word in your life. Amen? You've got to get the word in your life. And you know, I said this to you a couple weeks ago, and I thought I should say it to you again today. You can tell the difference in someone who's spending a lot of time in the word and a lot of people who aren't. People who spend a lot of time in the word are optimistic. I mean, and, and it's really even a stronger word than that. They're confident. Not arrogant, but they're confident. It's like, you know, I, not, you know people come along. I, I told you this. I gotta, I'm going to insert this, read this first. We've got to get done. Um, but I told you this story. This, this, you guys hear more of my stories in the 830 group because we have more time together. So I apologize that you've heard them a million times. But, but again, I had a guy living beside me. You remember the apartment A, C, you know, B, C, and D. You know, we had the witch over in B. We had the drug fiend over in D. And I was apartment C right between the witch and the dope fiend. And, and, and I'm going through hell and I'm going through the darkest time of my life. But I'm a Christian and I'm born again and I'm in the word and I'm in there praying every night. I'm praying in the spirit. I'm praying in tongues. I mean, I, I had my stereo crank. Now, you got to understand what my stereo was in 1981. It was a console. I don't even know what a console was. That thing was about this long. I wish I had one now. I'm trying to get one. But, but anyway, it was about this long, and it had this thing called a record player in it. And those two speakers, I guarantee, were every bit of 20 watts total. But I had it cranked, man. I had that. I had it as far as I could get it, man. I had it cranked, and I'm in there screaming before God and hollering and praising before God. And I told you this story. I went out one day and this guy over here, the dope fiend, knew that I'd lost everything, that my whole family got blown apart. And he knew I didn't have any money and he knew everything was bad and the natural for me. And I will never forget it. I'll never forget it. One day I went out there and he went, ha, 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 what's your God doing for you now? Started just heckling me and just mocking me and just scoffing me, and I had gotten a call to go to work that day for the first time in many days. I was a house painter, high school dropout. I'm a house painter, and I'm trying to lace up these $10 boots that I had. I couldn't afford any good boots. I got them at the Dollar General store, and man, those things, I mean, when it got down to 50 degrees, your feet were already cold. It didn't have to be 30. And I'm out there, and I'm lacing up my boots, and he's, he's right beside me going, you're God. You got nothing, man. You lost everything. I hear you praying over there. You got nothing. And I'm lacing up my boots and I pull like this. 
to try to get them tight. And one of the boot laces snapped and I hit myself in the face and bloodied my lip. Now that's about as bad as it can get for the moment. I am pretty bad off right there. But you know what? I had a peace on my life that I can't even explain. I looked up at him and, ah, you bloodied your lip, man. Look at your God. But I stayed with God. And I stayed with the Word. And I got in it day and night. And I stayed in it. Now, I've told you this part of the story. And I am not saying it to gloat. And I'm certainly not saying it to make, because um, I, I think it's tragic, actually. I did that guy's funeral about six years ago that laughed at me that day out there on that, sitting out there in front of my house lacing my boots. I did his funeral. And uh, I, don't take any, I don't take any glory in all of that, but it's just to show you, listen, folks, this thing we're doing for God, it's real. Now, you're going to have to walk through. God has promised to give you double. He, he, he didn't give me double since that day. He's given me a hundred zillion times. I mean, I'm telling you, this thing with God is good. Taste and see. That the Lord is good. Final scripture, Zechariah 9, verse 12. Turn. Now, that, that word is important. First word in the verse. First word in the verse is critical to everything else it's going to say. Turn you to the stronghold. Talking about to God. He's our stronghold. You prisoners of hope. Even today, this is God speaking. Do I declare that I will render double unto you? God is saying he's going to give us double for all this trouble. And I don't know what, I know what all's happened the first half of this year in America. It's been tough and rough and some of it's still having to be fixed and corrected and all of that. And, and, but I'm telling you this, we have a God that you can be in the middle. Everything in the whole house can be on fire and you cannot burn. Everybody, you know, those three Hebrew children around that furnace, we talk about them all the time. Not only, not only, just remember, that when, because, listen, the king said he didn't believe in their God, but he must have had a little bit of reservation there. He said, we better heat this one up, boys, uh, seven times hotter. Now, they never had to do that before. Everybody else they threw in there burned up. But, but, but he said, we better heat it up seven times hotter. And that, that fire was real. It was so real that the guys that heated it up didn't even go into the fire, and they got burned up. They went poof, just like that. But they went into that fire and they had confidence in their God and they came out of there. And by the way, we don't read the other part of that story. That whole nation got changed. When they came out of that fiery furnace and they saw the fourth man walking around in there with them and they came out, everybody said, I think we need to find out who their God is. And if you live for God long enough, they may mock you today, but there's coming a day when they're going to say, who is your God? Show me. I want to know your God. Your God is real. Can you shout amen? Every head bowed and every eye closed, people out there online as well. Father, I pray over every person today. They've never made Jesus Lord of their life. You didn't bring them in here today just to hear a message, Lord, not just to get a little bit of encouragement, even though all of those things are great. But this is life-changing time. This is a time where our whole lives get turned around. All of us, Father, people online out there, Father, that have problems, they've gone through death, divorce, they've gone through destruction, they've gone through their children having issues, and they've gone through medical problems, and they've gone through fear and worry and apprehension and, and all and anxiety, Lord. But in Jesus' name today, Lord, we thank you. That when we run to the cross, the results are always the same. When we run to you, you said, if any man, woman will come to me, I'll in no wise cast them out. 
So today, Lord, we run to you with every situation, problem, circumstance, hurt. And if there's anybody watching online or anybody in this room that's never made Jesus Lord of their life or has drifted away and wants to get back to him now, I want you out there online. Now, I'm not going to see you, so, so, but don't be embarrassed. I know a lot of you are in the room with your family, and it's hard sometimes. You don't want to... You don't want to do things in front of your family, but come on, man. It's, it's good. Do it. But if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, if you're running from God, raise your hand quickly right now. Anybody in this house that's inside this room as well, I want to pray over you right now. If you, now, listen, I ask you a question. Be honest. Are you drifting away from God? Are you as close as you should be? If the answer is no, raise your hand. You know, you come to church. What did I tell you? You come in to get something, then get it. Don't go back. Don't go home without it. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a doseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.